0: Can you hear those dogs barking?
1: Uh, no, but I would like to know who let the dogs out. (laughs) God, you're like,
0: you're you're in like dad joke land today.
1: Well, I guess that's fitting since I'm wearing my mom jeans. (laughs) (laughs) It is Tuesday. It's early Tuesday. Earlier than normal because Bill uh, has a shoot today yep. in uh I don't know what is it Greenpoint Greenpoint so Bill's got a shoot in Greenpoint so we're coming to you a little early although it won't make any difference to you we're still probably going to get to you at the same time Probably yes right Maybe a but little early A little maybe a little but not you know not a lot But anyway it is Tuesday it is episode 226 226 which is next week will be what Jack hey. <laughs> 227. That's right. Uh, so it is it is on taking pictures. Uh, it is it is Bill Wadman in Brooklyn. And, you know, you know, I've been watching the get down on uh, on Netflix. You've been watching this. What is the get down? The get down. It's uh, Baz Lerman's new 10 part series about uh, rap and hip hop in New York in the yeah. in the 90s is it a in the uh, 80s rather
0: so it's it's fiction it's like historical fiction
1: yeah yeah in the bronx okay so for today i'm gonna be dj lens cap
0: okay i, I, I like the fact that it's like a white austrian dude is making a thing about <laughs> the history of Aus- hip-hop in Brooklyn. australian australian oh, oh he's australian i thought was yeah. austrian okay
1: so i i'm today dj lens cap okay the only dj that doesn't scratch oh god that's terrible <laughs> Come on. Do you make that wicca, up right wicca, now? Wicca, wicca, wicca. I may have been working on it for a little while. Yeah. You're out of control, <laughs> ha! but it's pretty good. You know, it's, it is, it is very typical Baz Luhrmann in that it looks and sounds amazing, but the characters can be a little flat. Well, he spent it all
0: on the set dressing,
1: you know. <laughs> right? Which, I mean, it looks fantastic, Historical footage uh, uh, combined with with new footage made to look—I mean, it's, it looks beautiful. It's, okay. it's shot beautifully. Uh, the, the 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 main girl character, her lip syncing is horrible. That, um, you know,
0: I gotta say, as somebody as a musician, I cannot watch anything where people are supposed to be playing instruments and have no idea what to do, or lip syncing and can't stay on the beat. Your whole job is to make it look realistic like you're playing drums or whatever. And if you look like you've never held sticks before, you're the wrong person to be cast. Cast somebody who has some level of drum playing ability, you know?
1: Yeah, the guy that plays Jackie, not not to be confused with... Jackie! <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> he plays piano in a few scenes. And he's, you know, he's they're, they're shooting him from the front over the top of the piano. Yeah. But he's trying to, like, lean into it like he's really playing. And yeah, it, yeah, it just, yeah. It's, it's that part doesn't work. But it's interesting. So, you know, it looks yeah. good other than that. All right. Well, I'm fine with that. So... I will take a look. I haven't seen it. It's kind of neat because Grandmaster Flash is a character in it.
0: Grandmaster, uh, like but he, he's actually like a—you mean the, the actual Grandmaster Flash? No, 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 no no, 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 no. In, no, oh. no,
1: no. He, he, his character is present in, and they use uh, like Ed Koch is in it, so they use a mixture of historical footage of Ed Koch when he was running for mayor, combined with an actor who looks remarkably similar to Ed Koch now. Well, uh, Jimmy Smits is in it. I like Jimmy Smits. I like me some Jimmy Smits. Anyway, it's it's good.
0: Uh, yeah, I was, I was watching, um, uh, or I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and he was saying how Fab Five Freddy had called him because they're friends. I was like, you're friends with Fab Five Freddy? How does that even happen? I don't know. It was like, that's awesome. I want to be <laughs> friends with Fab Five Freddy. We got to make that right. happen.
1: Uh, it was funny. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so watch it, the get down on Netflix. Yeah, if okay. Yeah. You, you know, get, get it, you know, give it a couple episodes and see what you think. Okay. I will check that out. So. Hey, uh, uh, I launched my Prince store. Ah, oh, how'd it go, Prince? Uh, well, you know, just yes, soft launched pr- pr- yesterday. Prince really... a million, pr- right? <laughs> Prince <laughs> Princegram. Doesn't Prince wanted to start a new service called Princegram? You are kidding, right? No, I am serious. That's what he wanted oh, to do. Jesus, of course he did, right? Anyway, Jeffreysidors.com. Check him out. I think it's a good cross section. I think it's okay. a good cross-section of stuff. Uh, it's a good cross-section of what I've seen over the past year here on the East Coast. I That's kind of what I wanted to put together.
0: I think 30000
1: is a little high on the prices. Well, you, you know, but it's worth it. Okay. Yeah. I am having, you know, for 30000 you do get free shipping. Yeah. <laughs> it's
0: all-inclusive. Packaging, <laughs> shipping, and right. I sign
1: it. And, well, hey, hey, oh, no, don't make sign- promises I can't keep.
0: Oh, there aren't sign- okay, no, not no, signed. Okay, they're not signed. they there's signed on the back um Sorry. all right well i'll put a link in the show notes
1: yeah uh so where do you want to begin Mon-a-mi. Uh, th- Mon-a-mi. Well, uh, uh, what, the magic
0: what? of things real
1: or imagined what is that oh okay so this, this this is cool this is cool okay so i don't know how i got here I mean, it, it's funny because you mentioned van halen before the show because like the little hot for teacher riff that yeah yeah
0: okay.
1: alex's drums yeah okay so i i, I can't I don't remember where this came from, but I, I ended up watching this this video. Um, it was a conversation with G.E. Smith from uh, a guitar player for Hollow Notes and, and uh, Saturday Night Live yep. from, I think, 85 to 95. Is that what he said? Uh, something like, something that. like that. Anyway, he, and it, I don't know how I got to this video, but I'm, it, it was fascinating, and I, I like G.E. Smith as a player. He's a terrific player, uh, and he was talking about having guests on saturday night live okay and one time valerie bertinelli was was hosting and eddie van halen well you came told the story her. before what you told the story
0: to me about eddie van halen coming on yeah, okay but,
1: but this continue isn't, okay yeah, this isn't the story this is this, this, oh, okay. this is the bridge i'm okay. taking you to the bridge
2: take it to the bridge <laughs> <laughs> Get out.
1: sorry go so he was talking about how eddie came on and eric clapton came on and and when, when Clapton came on, they, they, he, Clapton asked for this specific amp and I don't know what it was. An, it was a specific Fender amp from the sixties okay. because he likes the way it sounds. Right. And, and GE happens to have one of these amps. He's like, you could, you he said you could buy these in the late sixties, early seventies for like 30 bucks. And now they're thousands of dollars. Sure. And, uh, so he brought his amp in and, Clapton had done a show in England the night before and they had to spend like six hours in customs and then they had to come in Thursday for camera blocking and they were just wiped out, right? Okay. And uh, and GE says his, his, his amp is kind of beat to hell. It sounds amazing, but it's kind of beat to hell. So he's got this amp sitting there and Clapton looks at it and kind of, you know, he, he says, you could tell he wasn't all that impressed because of the way it looked. But he plugs in and he hits this... This first note, yeah. and he's like, his face just lit up. And he's like, Well, that sings like a bell, doesn't it? Yeah. And and it got me thinking about things and and particular things and the magic imbued, either real or imagined, in those things. So I watched this other video, which I will find while we're talking. <clears throat> Another video with G. E. Smith where he was he was looking at this particular guitar, and in the in the in the Saturday Night Live video, he was talking about how guitars all sound different, even same model, same manufacturer, made the same month yep. in the same factory, they all sound different. So, some uh, vintage guitar magazine. Here's the clip. I'm just adding it to the show notes, gang. So Bill will will add it as yep. well. Um, got it. Okay. Uh, Vintage Guitar Magazine. They 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 give G.E. Smith the '63 Fender Telecaster that was used by Mike Bloomfield in the 1960s on um, the Paul Butterfield Band first record, and it was on uh, he, it was played on on Dylan's Highway 61 Revisited, sure. and G.E. was just like his face was just. He was like a little kid, and he tells this story about about riding his bike as a kid down to the park, and out of the speakers in the pool area was Dylan from Highway sixty one revisited, and it was this guitar, and he's playing, he's he's holding this particular, this specific guitar that Bloomfield played, mm-hmm. and and just playing it, and and just going off on. On yep, that's that sound. That's it. you know, and it's yeah. oh, it's got this kind of switch, and it's got these kind of pickups, and and oh wow, it looks like it's not one in three, one in eleven sixteenths on the neck. It looks, it feels more like one in five eighths. Blah blah. Right, right. And it just got me thinking about things and and the tools that we use and some of the reasons that we use them. You know, and and how many people have purchased. Uh, a specific model of Leica, because Winogrand used one. Sure. Or because Cartier-Bresson used one. Or uh, a specific view camera. Or yeah. or or, or a specific seven-string
0: Ibanez gem, because that's what Vi used.
1: Yeah, and and <laughs> ho- hoping hoping to get a little of that magic again, rub either off magic real dust. or imagined. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 you you want the you want the pixie dust. Right. 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 So we you know and and I think it's one of the same reasons we we want not only the in photography we want the gear but we want the recipes. We want the you know how do you do the post? If I can figure out how you lit it and how you posted it maybe some of that magic will rub off on my work and and I'll achieve something maybe more maybe better maybe different sure. than I could have on my own.
0: Here here's the thing about that though is that I don't think that it's all that's not all imagined. Hmm? There, there is reality to some of that, right? Elaborate. Okay. Um, well, I'll, I'll come back around. I'll come around to it through music, since you started in music.
1: Yeah. Um, if, and it's if, a terrific video, even if you're not a musician fan or a musician yourself. Yeah. Uh, it, to see the unabashed joy that that is on this guy's face. You know, the 60 something year old man holding or 50 something, whatever he is, holding this guitar. It's a, it's, it's kind of a treat.
0: Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just, I was flipping through it. He, he just, he's, that guy exudes goodness sometimes. Yeah. He just, and he loves what he does. Yep. You can tell. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Anyway. So, you know, let's, let's say guitar playing, right? If, if you want to play like the edge, and you go out and get Edge's guitar and you go get all those effects boxes, you could theoretically hit one chord too and have it go, you know, like right. all the things he does. Or if you want Eddie Van Halen's sound and you get, you know, his distortion, pe- the distortion pedals he uses and put it through a Marshall lamp or whatever he used at the time. Or if right. you want to sound like Billy Corrigan and you go get a dual rectifier and you run stuff through it, you're going to sound a little bit like. Billy Corrigan, in the same way mm-hmm. that you know if you go buy um a a, a leica and shoot with the same film and it, your pictures will at least have a similar tone to the thing that you're going for, whether or not what you do with that tone actually translates to anything. see what I'm saying right so right. there there's some reality to the or you know i I was uh, i I went to zap Moma the other day, oh my god, I saw this. Remind me to tell you about this crazy movie I saw at MoMA the other day. Okay. Um, but I was sitting there and I was looking at some of the paintings in it, and it kind of reminded me when we uh, all went to go see the, uh, um, the Deanne Arbus thing a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, upstairs from there, there was this whole show on these unfinished paintings, which I think I mentioned on the show we talked yep. about a little yep. bit and you're looking at the picture say oh, I don't know El Greco or somebody right and you're looking at this big unfinished thing and you're looking at the first few layers he had put down to get his thing and you go oh i see what he did there he you know put darker stuff down first and then worked up the even darker stuff above that so that when he scrapes certain things away or put some lighter stuff on like right, that's right. how he gets that effect there is a certain amount of mechanical uh, craft which is involved in the same way that a good woodworker would look at some guy's uh dresser and pull the drawer out and check the check the way things are 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 put together, you know, on the sure. drawers and you go, "Oh, sure. he's using that kind of joint." Th- th- there is a certain amount of that in art. And yes, people do uh uh look for these objects to imbue them with some sort of magic. And it certainly doesn't turn, you know, owning an M4 doesn't turn you into Winograd, but at the same time, you know, it it may get you part of the way towards if what you're really trying to do is have your work look exactly like Wintergrand's it'll do the technical side of your work looking like Wintergrand you sure. still have to do the artistic side you sure. know um so that's what i mean by like it's not it's not entirely fantasy i guess is what i'm saying you know um you know i could i could teach people how to do some of the things that i do to make my work look like my work and i guess it would look more like my work than if I didn't show them those tricks, but it certainly isn't probably going to look like it's actually taken by me. You know, Mm -hmm. it'll just Mm -hmm. like, Oh, that looks like Bill's stuff or whatever. Um, right. Uh, but, but definitely from the object point of view, I mean, there's something to all that stuff. Um, I remember, uh, uh, like the 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 first time I was hanging out with Coupon, we're over at his house, and he's like, "Oh, I got to set up this stuff," and like I was unrolling one of his backdrops that I've seen Bill Clinton sit in front of, and I'm like right. holding it in my hands, and it's like there's something to the fact that this is this object that I've seen and used, and you know what I mean? Right. Um. Now, is there something magical about it? Well, you know, I think that I think that when people are starting out in whatever they're doing. Or or even, I mean, later, but certainly this is this is a a, a youthful kind of thing. Like, it, not adolescent as in immature, but adolescent as in still has that spark of magic. You know what I'm talking about? You mm-hmm. know that sort of special thing about being young and thinking the world is your oyster and all that kind of thing? Or, uh, or even
1: being content with being an amateur. Yes. Because somewhere along the lines, amateur change meanings.
0: Uh, yeah, absolutely yeah but but it, right and it, for the love of it and whatnot yeah right yeah but 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 even then there's this there's this idea that 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 some things really are still magic you know if you mm-hmm. were holding that guy's camera then it would be special in some way you know like it's imbued with some sort of thing and you know what like not that not that objects are special but there is something but why about can't they be well that's that, that's kind of where i was going is that Obviously, they're not from a purely rational view. But 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 what if you holding the camera of your hero gives you a certain level of confidence you wouldn't normally have, and that level of confidence allows you to X, right. Y, Z? Uh, there's
1: I mean,
0: nothing you, wrong you with can, that.
1: You, you can get, you know, uh, I don't know, a, a Bronica S2. Sure. Which is, you know, you could argue is... is just like a Hasselblad,
0: right, 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 right. Except
1: yeah. that it's not a Hasselblad.
0: Sure, yeah,
1: you know. So, yeah. so maybe for for someone, there is something about the legacy, the history, um, that you want to be a part of. At,
0: no, absolutely, and I think that this stuff sometimes works uh, in in the in, in the. Um This actually works for for within your own life, too. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, there was a we had a we had a question on uh, on uh, ask Bill and Dan where. uh, Oh, who the hell was it? God, it's forgetting who it was. Anyway, a guy called in and he 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 was saying that he, you know, he loves his his uh, his original five D. He's got newer cameras. He's got more megapixels on his camera. He's got cameras that have whatever. He's just like, but the five, the original 5D has a certain thing about it that makes me want to pick it up, you right. know? Looking down to a waist-level viewfinder at a subject that was different than looking through a lens on an SLR. So that, like, changes the way his pictures feel. You know what I mean? That, like, maybe it's, it, it changes the, the dynamic between the photographer and the subject. And
1: so, you know, I mean, switch- like, there's... Avedon famously felt the same way. Right, that there was something about Even with the eight by ten. He was out in yeah, front of the camera. He was off to the side or in the front, and and connecting with his subject. Right, or trying to. Right.
0: So if for whatever reason you had to switch technology, you know, because you went from film to digital or whatever it is, but mm-hmm. and in the process you lose an element of what it was that 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 you liked about shooting that way. Well, you know what? maybe there is some n- not just nostalgia but magic in the old way of doing things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that that is a that is a huge element of the the film people, especially like the working pros or who are you know have to get stuff done kind of you know on deadlines, mm-hmm. working pros who 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 were film shooters and are either still reticent of switching to digital or refuse to or whatever. I think part of the magic they feel like they're losing is just the way that they shoot with digital is or uh with film was dig- different than the way they've tried doing it with digital and that process was part of their magic sauce. And so they see that as a little bit of dust. But it sure. has less to do with the film and more to do with I think that their way of working with the film. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um it, it's you're you're right, but definitely I mean man, it is nice picking up some sort of object that is you know, look, I'm a NASA nerd and, you know, when I go to air and space or whatever it is and, and go stare at, um, you know, suits that went to the moon, I'm like, that piece of fabric has walked on the moon. Right. You know, it's right. just a piece of fabric. It's a piece of, you know, rayon or nylon or, what you know, some sort of 1960s petroleum-based thing. But it's still something that walked on the moon and therefore it is imbued with some sort of magic that it didn't have before. Right. Um that the, that the backups that stayed on Earth don't have, um, and the, and and I think that part of that mystery, that's a very human thing, right? That that sort of f- trying to find meaning in stuff that doesn't, trying to imbue meaning on life, because otherwise life doesn't inherently have much meaning. I think you, I think you have to. Put meaning into life i don't think life automatically has meaning you know life has I meaning because right meaning has life because we've experienced stuff and we put meaning onto it not that it inherently has any meaning and so you know hey if you want to put your your stuff on a 1963 telecaster great you know what i mean i mean <laughs> as long as you don't go crazy and start sleeping with your f- guitar you know right <laughs> <laughs> wait what <laughs> uh You know, look, I mean, there was the, do you listen to any of the stuff with, uh, Dweezil Zappa and the whole thing with his mom or, you know, all that stuff that was going on?
1: Uh, I, I, no, I like his music and, uh, I've got a couple friends that know him, but I I don't know much about him other than I like to hear him play. I think he's a talented player.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I guess he was doing the Zappa plays Zappa tours, you know, where he's out playing his dad's music and stuff. And supposedly his dad left him all these guitars. And basically, his mom wouldn't let him have the guitars that 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 his dad had left him. And nice. he's the only member of the family who actually plays guitar. So it's sort of like, why would you not give the kid the guitars? You know what I mean? Like that's, um, and and you know, is there really anything inherent in his father's guitars that he couldn't do with any other guitar or with the twelve guitars I'm sure he already
1: owns? Yeah, if not more,
0: right? I, I'm <laughs> I'm sure probably not. Look, I own a, a piano. That my parents bought for me in the 10th grade that is now at my friend Harden's house. Mm-hmm, and my mm-hmm. mother will say to me, Ooh, why don't you just sell the piano? It's probably worth like 15 grand and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I can't sell my piano. That's my piano. You know? Even though I don't know that if you swapped it out with an identical piano and I went up there, I mean, there is a different feel. I remember when I went and bought my my M4 Leica, they had two of them there. And I sat there for like five minutes going sh- 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 because the shutter and crank felt different on the two of them. Sure. And I was trying to decide which one I liked better if I was spending a thousand dollars on a little camera, you know? Um, and so I just, I just sat there cause they do, I, as you said, you know, coming off the line, they feel different. Right. I, maybe that's one of the problems with digital is that the cameras from camera camera don't feel different because they're not mechanical anymore.
1: Yeah. I think there's something to that. I I think characters have cameras have no character. Right. Right. Yeah. In the same way that there's no difference between, you know, Dell Inspirons or MacBook Pros or, you know, iPhone to iPhone. There's no difference.
0: Yeah. I mean, the whole point of them is consistency and right.
1: uh, But it's in the inconsistency where art happens.
0: Yeah but but it's also kind of funny because people who are serious lens nuts will complain about variations between different lenses as if it's a bad thing mm-hmm. you know? we have five Canon 50 1.4s like the one I have in my hand you know and they're all they're all different one's good one's bad you know and and yeah one back focuses right you would yeah. think that we would look at that as oh that variation has life to it but but a lot of people complain about that stuff now, you know.
1: Right, but those aren't the people. That I I I would venture to say that the people who are complaining about that are not the people that are buying Petzval lenses or you know Helios old Russian Helios lenses.
0: True. Yeah. You know. I mean,
1: I've got the the Helios forty four for my Fuji, and it makes an already quirky camera even quirkier, but it works. Right. You know, it flares easily it's, if you're going for quirk. Y- yeah. 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 And it comes down to it's its use case, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um I I found out over the weekend, I didn't or maybe it was last week, that Jason Lee is is, you know, from uh, actor, right? Yep. is a photographer. Released his first book and oh, he's I been knew shooting. That. Yeah, I yeah. didn't know that. Oh, yeah. And his yeah, stuff yeah. is terrific. Yep. But it's all, you know, Old cameras, old lenses, old process. And I just found it fascinating that here's a guy who could afford to go out and buy the 5DSR or sure. a Hasselblad or whatever. Yep. But he's using flea market fines and, you know, uh, expired film yeah, to get yeah, yeah. what he's after. And did a lot you, of people, a lot of other people do.
0: Did you, uh, I mean, who else is like Ben Folds is like that, right?
1: Ben Folds. Yep. Yep. Um, uh, Norman Reedus is also a big photographer from walking dead. Sure. Uh, yeah. uh, oh, uh, oh Jesus. What's his name? Walton Goggins. Also big.
0: Oh, oh, you know who it was? It was Dave Lawrence who had the five D. Ah, okay. Listener to the show too. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, <sighs> I, you so know. kind of kind of kind of cool, right? To think yeah. about that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I think there's there's magic and stuff. I mean, you know, you you and I both have our dads' cameras, right? Yep. Uh, I mean, there's the uh, we're gonna mention later something. Uh, a, a listener wrote in with this movie conflict that's on Netflix right now. It's a little thirty minute short that we'll discuss next week. But there's a scene in it where the where one of the guys is like, "Yeah, you know, my dad died, and we're at the funeral, and." the editor of newsweek walks up to me and hands me my father's camera bag. And it's just yeah, like, all right, these wild. are, you, it's up to you now, kid, you know, that kind of thing. And it's like, you don't think that those cameras mean something, you know? Right. Right. It's like, of course they do. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's
1: crazy. Um, what else you got? Well, I just pasted a link in, uh, you mentioned a couple weeks ago yeah. Revisionist History, Gladwell's new new Oh yes, yeah. yep, yep. Which is terrific. Yeah. I started listening to it. And yesterday on my run I listened to the episode entitled Hallelujah. Okay. Which is uh, about the song Hallelujah. Yep. Uh, as as told through two different types of genius, Picasso and Cezanne. Right. And Gladwell is talking about there, there is explosive genius and there is iterative genius. And yep. Picasso is explosive genius. He burst onto the scene. He's very confident. His marks are, are exactly where he wants them. He, he, he pre visits, puts it down on paper or canvas, you know, and off to the races. Right. Right. Whereas Cezanne would iterate over and over, and yeah. over, and over, and over, and over. And often not sign his work because signing it meant it was done. And yeah. to him, so many of his pieces were never done. Right. So it's a fascinating look at, at not only artists or a talk about artists, but then he talks about music. And he, and he uses uh, two examples. Uh, number one is Hallelujah by Leonard yep. Cohen which uh, he goes into the whole history of the song and and how, how much time he took writing the lyrics yeah, and years how many and revisions years. and how many yeah.
0: how many uh, uh, verses were written and thrown out and written and yeah. thrown out?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently, you know, 80 something verses were written for this song and it never went anywhere when he yep. recorded it. He recorded it, didn't go anywhere. It was on an obscure <laughs> uh, compilation record that uh, uh, John Cale heard, yep and decided, Hey, I, I want to do, he talked to Leonard Cohen and said, I want to do a version of your song. So he did his own version taking, he asked for Cohen's lyrics and, and, uh, changed some, added some. So when you, when you, when you hear any, any, uh, cover of Hallelujah, chances are you're hearing someone cover John Cale's version, not Leonard Cohen's version. The original version isn't very good. It's not very good, and it changed a lot. And yeah. that was kind of the point of, of, of this, this conversation was it, there was genius embedded in it, but the genius had to be uncovered. Well, you know, the interesting thing about the, the Hallelujah
0: example is that there was both iteration within, you know, the original version of writing the lyrics and all the rest of it, but right. also the fact that he himself, Cohen, couldn't find the song. And it took right. somebody else to find the song after it, so it was iterative within Cohen and then after him as well, yeah. in order yeah. to find it. Well,
1: and and the the funny thing It was takes that a never, village
0: to find a song.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it never really took off. I mean, even even Buckley's version, Buckley's first record didn't sell at all. Yeah. They said, right? It after only sold. His death,
0: yeah, it only sold later.
1: Yeah, but then you've got you know personally, I I, I love the Buckley version but there is something haunting about the Rufus Wainwright version and it's just Rufus's voice. He's got a, he's got a terrific voice for that kind of song. Yeah. So then they talk, they talk about, uh, those two
0: voices are not
1: dissimilar. They're in the same quadrant. Uh, sure. Yeah. Buckley uh, and, Buckley's and, a little more ethereal. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You know but what I mean? I,
0: there, it's not yeah. like Leonard Cohen versus Buckley's correct. voice. Yeah, correct. Are, yeah. Correct. Yeah. Go ahead. Anyway, uh,
1: so then they talk about, they talk about Elvis Costello. And, uh, this, this one particular, um, song called the Deportees Club on Goodbye Cruel World, which was even by, by Costello's estimation, the worst record that they've ever done. (laughs) And when you buy it, there was a reissue of it. They redid the liner notes and Costello writes in there, thank you for buying the worst record we've ever done. Right. Right. And... There was a uh the Gladwell is talking about this song called the Deportees Club, which he has been obsessing over. He Gladwell, not he Costello, has been obsessing over since 1984 when he bought the record. Right, and he's a huge Elvis Costello fan, but he acknowledges that this is a bad <laughs> I love when he's
0: just like he's just like this song is terrible. Yeah, <laughs> like this yeah, part of yeah, yes.
1: Yeah. So, so he's talking about again iterative genius in 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 the sense that years later Elvis Costello redid the song acoustically changed the name of it to Deportee changed a few of the lyrics changed the arrangement and that became the genius version of the song yeah. so that the, again it goes back to sort of finding the genius of the project and and while we are talking about music in these examples i think that there are some of us out there who might either revisit a location or revisit a photograph and reprocess it or reprint it or uh, uh, re-dodge and burn it to try and get something else out of it. I Trying to look for yeah. that... Ma- again, going back to the top of the conversation, we're looking for that pixie dust, as you said, which I think is a great way to put it. I, I think that
0: it's... I understand what you're saying and I agree with what you're saying. I think in photography, it's almost harder to do because it's it's it's... The, the, what what you're going back to when you're when you're revising a song is the soul and the idea of the song. It, you know, a lot of people go back to the same places, but they take different pictures in the same places. You know, mm-hmm. um, to try to basically say I have an image in my head, and I'm going to keep going out there until the image in my head matches the image in reality, which is sort of what I think a lot of songwriters are doing, where they think. There, there's a diamond somewhere in this giant lump of rock,
1: mm-hmm. and I
0: just got to keep whittling away until I find it in a very, you know, David style. Uh, sure,
1: sure, sure. And and, and although with, you could argue that that, at least according to Michelangelo, he he saw David from the beginning.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes. so he didn't. You know, or at least, that, or at least that's a story he tells. That's yeah. That's yeah. That's the PR, right? <laughs> or, or that's the Vasari story that's been passed down to us.
1: Right. 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 Uh,
0: by the way, there was a really interesting article in the New York Times about. Well, it wasn't very interesting. Parts of it were very interesting. Uh, uh, the other day, about how the David's ankles are uh, um, are, are might fail if there's a um, if there's a what's it called if there's a, a, a like an a earthquake. earthquake. I read he that he somewhere else. Fall? I
1: didn't read that article, but I have, I have read that before
0: there. There are elements of this article by Sam Anderson. I'll put in the show notes in the New York times last week It's the New York times magazine. It's called David's ankles. How imperfections could bring down the world's most perfect statue. And it gets a little too like, uh, personal story for me at times, but there are elements of it where he's talking about the history of the David that are actually pretty interesting. And there's a book he references that I totally want to read. Anyway. Um, I think that I think with photography, if, if you take, I have gone back and reworked a number of raw files of mine. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it, it certainly there's the element of, well, raw converters are much better than they were 10 years ago. So I can pull things out of this file that I couldn't before, Mm -hmm. or I'm better at this than I was 10 years ago, or my vision of how I process things is different. So maybe
1: you wanted to get somewhere differently than you got before, but ultimately
0: I'm still stuck with those same pixels. Right. You know I mean? Like the, the basis of it is, is there, it's almost like remixing a recording rather than reworking a song.
1: Um, Sure. Sure. But there's, there are still variations. I mean, there, you can, you can look at negatives and have, have, Two oh, the, people print it, and right. they're going to come out with two completely well, the, different the, prints. The classic
0: Moonrise in twenty-seven different versions. Right, 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 uh, right. Is that what it's called, Moonrise? Yeah. Is that the 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 Earth, the, the no 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 the the one uh, the the Ansel Adams one
1: with the moon? Oh 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 yeah 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 right.
0: Where it's just like oh, there's ones that the sky is crazy dark, and there's other
1: ones where you know yeah. Uh, and, smaller and famously, larger... he would spend hundreds of hours in the dark room.
0: Right. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 And what? And what does you know? getting back to it, what does right even mean you know Mm -hmm, how mm -hmm. do you how do you know when a song is right i mean did you ever watch oh we watched that documentary early on in the show the uh the springsteen one about born to run
1: oh yeah making born to run right yeah uh uh wheels for wings the making of born to run
0: yeah yeah yeah. uh where where uh, wheels? wings for wheels yeah um and and they show his notebooks uh, where he's uh, writing the lyrics and it's revision and revision and revision. Yeah, and he's just it's, like, it's, it's just like Kevin Spacey's going.
1: character in Seven. Exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's just like I want to get this right, and every single word that's in here has to mean something. Like the, right. every brick on this wall has to add to this. If it doesn't, yeah, it's yeah. it's get wasteful. It. I'll put it out there. I'll put the, the it's up on uh, YouTube. I'll put a link. Uh, in the you know show
1: what? I want I, going back to the top with the with the instruments. I want to try and find a conversation. David Sanborn is another guy that that I mean I love his stuff I've seen him a few times live but his horn that he plays uh, he he bought it in like a pawn shop you know oh, yeah? and it's just this little yeah. inexpensive nothing horn but it sounds exactly the way he wants it to sound it feels the way he wants it to feel it it it, it it's it speaks his voice musically
0: well I uh, did I ever tell you about my friend uh, Gonzalo Silva. Uh, yeah, the, the sax that he had. Uh, it was a it was a, a guitar, it? a bass guitar. Didn't um, you notice, I thought you knew somebody who had a saxophone. I, I do well. know a lot of people with saxophones. Yeah. But this particular yeah, guy is a, a guy with a, a he plays uh, one of those Steinbergery uh, uh, guitars, like the the you know the ones with no headstock. Oh know, like yeah, a, yeah, right. So yeah, Geddy Lee pl- played one of those for a while. Right. So he plays a Horner knockoff version of a Steinberger. And he 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 busks all the time. That's what he does. He like stands in the subway and plays, and all original music. And I recorded a record of his. Uh, Let me, I'll find a, I'll find a link to the thing. I think you can go listen to it somewhere. Um, And uh, yeah, it's available on Apple Music and CD Baby. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, Personally, if if you want to go listen to an amazing song, there's a song called "Pull" on there that still kill pull, and it still kills me. Um, there's a line in it called, he says, possessive love is hate. And I just love hmm. that line. Anyway, uh, so he had this, he had this Horner fake Steinberger bass and he got some sort of gig where he made, I don't know, a few thousand dollars and he was sort of, he's in, sort of an impulsive guy. And he went out and he said, you know, I've always wanted a Steinberger version of this crappy knockoff I always had. And he went out and bought one and he played it for a few days and he realized that he didn't like it at all. That he liked his crappy, yeah, S- is crappy yeah. Horner knockoff, and he was again a little impulsive. And I think, I think his story was that he threw it in the river, the Steinberger. Nice. <laughs> he was so angry at the fact that this didn't live up he to had whatever built expectation. Up this, this thing, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because the the Horner, he had he had he had whittled and fought with and beat down and and it submitted to him ultimately, or mm-hmm. rather. You know, I mean, that's one way you could see. The other way you could see it is that it's idiosyncrasies were uh, born into his technique. Sure, like, sure. But, but the, the practical upshot of it is that he played this instrument in a way that he couldn't play the technically better instrument. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, everybody's got their, their, you know, their thing.
1: Right. Uh, yeah, it's good stuff.
0: Um, wow. Yeah, Picasso and Cezanne. Did, I, do you, I love me, that
1: show, by the way. It's a terrific show.
0: Yeah, this, you know, this last one about uh, not to get political, but this last one about the
1: Princeton Wilson thing, Uh, the satire paradox. I haven't listened to that one yet. Is that the Uh, one?
0: No. uh, Although that, that one actually, oh, that, that one actually is something that, uh, you know, what put that in the show notes too, because that one is something that links into the conflict thing that we're going to have people watch next week. So I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes. So there's two things we need to, you guys need to listen to or watch for next week. One is uh, uh is the satire paradox uh, episode with uh with um Malcolm Gladwell and uh the other one is uh this conflict show on Netflix it's just called conflict it's about a half an hour long it's I like the way
1: it's produced people. his show I the like Gladwell how thing? it's yeah, yeah I like how it's it's him talking and then him on location and yeah. then he's setting up an answer for a question. And it's just it's very well done. Very, well, very it, well done.
0: It it is. Uh it also feels like it is a l- I mean, he did ten episodes. I bet you it took him the whole year to do those ten episodes. Yeah. You know, but I love like that the, they just
1: dropped all ten. I yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am am leaning towards a model like that myself, as we talked about last week.
0: Uh he is uh, uh I mean he's a bright guy. A lot of people don't like him, but uh, I dig him.
1: And I love the site. I love I the generally design dig of him the site.
0: too. I don't disagree I don't agree with everything he ever says but uh most of it I I really like. Yeah. Um All right. Yeah, good design. Um all right. So go watch Conflict, go listen to the Gladwell thing and we will discuss those next week cuz those are good. Um yeah. What uh so did you Okay, so
1: d- d- to the Olympics from To moment. the Olympics. To the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> What man
0: <laughs> really Batman really <laughs> uh, you should be so cool there is an article on the Wall Street Journal which apparently has now has a paywall but I could have oh, yeah, I looked a at this the right other there. day anyway uh, no, I, we'll find it somewhere else um, that so there's a picture of Hussein, 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 Hus, Hussein Usain, Bolt? Bolt. Usain Usain Bolt
1: Usain 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 or Usain Usain Bolt okay I'm not sure
0: the incredibly fast runner from Jamaica. Is that where he's from?
1: Fast man. Yeah.
0: Fastest man ever in the world alive, etc. Right. I mean, he's just like blazingly fast dude. Um, so there's this picture of him that was going around a little bit where him running out in front of everyone else. And he's looking off to the side, almost like breaking the fourth wall and has this giant grin on his face. Like not only am I winning, but I'm just smoking all these dudes and I'm just, I'm in my zone right now, you know? Yeah. And the guys behind him, of course are like, their faces are all distorted from like the agony of, of athletic pain and whatever. And, and bolt is just smiling. And so there's these pictures that went out and everyone was like, Oh, that picture's amazing. And yet there are at least two photographers who basically took the exact same picture. Because you got to remember these well it's a, it's a composite
1: the one the, the, they're, they they composited the two together, yeah, to make right. one photo because his, his leg is blurrier in one, the position of it is slightly off,
0: right, but like you know and and you get into these questions of uh yeah, well, both honesty of reporting, but also this idea that you know, if there's multiple guys who are sitting in a press box off to the side, and they both have cameras that shoot fourteen frames a second, essentially video. Right, and they're and as they're running the hundred meters,
1: they're going, <laughs> you know, um, it is just so. F- and he's and he's the perspective of him. He's massive in the shot. He's a full head taller than the competitors behind him.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: And he's just, e-, you know, he's got this like big Eddie Murphy kind of great grin on his face. Man, wouldn't you, you know? Wouldn't you, huh?
0: Wouldn't wouldn't you have that grin if you were him? Oh yeah,
1: yeah. Imagine being like, and, and, and that to, good at something. To be clear, Eddie Murphy has one of the great smiles of all time great smiles. You think so? I do. I love his smile.
0: Has he done anything really that great in the last 20 years? It, you know what? If I were Eddie Murphy, I would chill and enjoy my life. Apparently he's making a new there's a Beverly Hills Cop 4 coming out.
1: I'll nervous? watch it. I'll watch it. I you go know, back and I watch his movie. I love him. I think he's hysterical. He's got great timing yeah i'm a huge eddie murphy fan what do you want from me
0: uh d- apparently
1: that, I, that, that I, opening I, scene in in 48 hours where he's singing roxanne when nick yeah. nolte walks into the jail oh yeah classic classic
0: but people don't make movies like that anymore do they no i was reading something about um not to go off on a tangent drink <laughs> yeah um perish the thought oh it was it was actually an eddie murphy article some link baity article i've clicked on yesterday where he was saying that one time he was hanging out with Robin Williams and Belushi mm-hmm. and they offered him cocaine and famously Eddie Murphy doesn't do any drugs. Right. And he said no. And Belushi was like, Oh, you're a pussy. You know, whatever, you know, terrible thing that I'm sure drunk high Belushi said to the guy. And, and he walked out of there and he was just like, you know, he's like, that was kind of a turning point in my life. Cause had I actually gone that way, it probably would have been really bad and I didn't, and here I am, you know, and I'm alive and they're both dead and certainly right. one of them from drugs. Um and uh and he was just, just talking about so that got me looking at Belushi, and I didn't realize that Belushi was supposed to be in Spies Like Us as well as Ghostbusters. I knew I knew that he was slaving. Oh, to I didn't being, know that. Yeah. Apparently both of those were supposed to be Belushi originally. Hmm. I guess, you know, they were supposed to be like Blues Brothers 2 and 3, essentially, you know. Um,
1: I'm glad so, that he's doing another movie. I wish he would keep doing movies.
0: Yeah, so they said that he's doing another movie. Anyway. I, uh, I even like
1: uh, that that horrible song that he did with Rick James. That Party All The Time song.
2: Party all the time, party all the time, yeah. party all the time. Yeah. I like it. I don't care. Jeffrey, is
1: that because fan.
0: you want to party all the time?
1: Uh, Only like it's 1999. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh jeffrey found a better link to
0: this uh the big picture there it is i'll put it in the link in the show notes this great look picture how tall he is in that photo yeah yeah and he's just got he's that huge. Mm, he well, looks did, like a little kid well did you except did you, he's got did giant the arms. swimming last week did we discuss the that katie ledecky woman
1: i, I have i have watched none of it well okay. i've watched little clips here and there but i haven't watched any events live so
0: there was an american swimmer named katie ledecky who katie ledecky who is a uh, freestyle swimmer? Well, she—I think she swims a number of things, but her thing is freestyle, mm-hmm. and she is so good at it that she's broke her own world record six times in the last eight years or something. Like she's wow. So, in the 800 meter swim, and I—I w- I was on the rowing machine the other day while watching it in the mirror behind me. Like there was a machine with its TV on behind me, and I'm mm-hmm. like rowing and I'm like watching, and I was just kept going, and it goes on. 800 meters is a lot of laps in a pool, right? And by the end of it, Jeffrey, she is so far ahead of everyone else that she is, hits the wall and there's no one else in the frame of the television thing. <laughs>
1: nice.
0: She was 15 <laughs> seconds, I think, faster than what? anybody else. She, wow. was, she was up with her cap off, smiling, like looking, waiting while people were still swimming into the wall for second place. Wow. Wow. She's so dominant that it just like blows everyone away. <laughs> and you just watch it and, you, and she seems like the sweetest woman ever. Oh, did I, did I put the thing in? I tweeted it the other day. Did you see that, uh, the uh, Sports Illustrated behind the scenes? Uh, yeah, we talked about it with the camera. Oh, right, with the 360 the camera. Yeah, we t- yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 not the robotic cameras, the 360 thing, the photo shoot. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. You did tweet that
1: with uh, with Phelps and yeah, Simone Biles. Yeah, it's pretty Biles. cool.
0: I'll put a link in the show notes. It's it's kind of it's worth seeing because you can you can. So they put one of those 360 cameras on the floor. So quality's you can,
1: still not great, honestly.
0: Oh, the quality's not great, but it is pretty cool that you can sit there and spin around
2: and see yeah, how they do yeah, things. See what's and, going uh, on in the room. And you also, can, get
1: it up off the floor. Don't don't put it. on... If you're gonna do it, yeah, 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 yeah. Put it up on uh, a tripod. I so, just we love can, the, so we're not like doing they show Phelps putting
0: on his Phelps putting on his. Um, uh, uh, all of his medals. And he's just like, oh, you want me to put them on? One, two, <laughs> right. three. Like 35 seconds later, he's still putting on number 26, yeah, right. right, right. Uh, and then they put uh, Simone Biles, who's like, you know, this tiny woman. She's what, like 4'10"? Yeah, she's tiny. They stand her up on a pelican like on case. A pe- on a pelican so case, So she's yeah. eight inches up and she
1: still doesn't even reach his shoulder. You yeah, know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the, yeah. So the shot that you see on the cover... She's on like a ten-inch-tall pelican case.
0: Yes, I love that tiny girl. <laughs> yeah. It's oh, good. it's just so good. Um. Anyway, uh, it's pretty good stuff. Pretty good stuff. Uh. So, uh, speaking of other podcasts, one last one. Ninety-nine uh, yep. percent invisible. I know everyone loves Roman Mars. I can't stand his voice. He drives me crazy. Uh, There's something about him. He sounds so incredibly condescending to me. It just like drips and of condensation.
1: Condensation? You like that? Wow. I
0: made a bad pun. Yeah. Come on, you've been making and bad puns all something. day. That was actually a pretty good one. <laughs> was it? <laughs> yes. You want to go
1: with good? All right. Yes. <laughs> okay.
0: um, but uh, there was a really great uh, episode uh, about the Bauhaus.
1: Right. Uh, Not the band. No. Um, Although Bella Lugosi is dead.
0: I like that. Nice reference.
1: Thanks. Uh,
0: so there, there was a there was a woman named Lachia uh, Maholi, who took pictures because her husband was an architect in the group in you know the 1920s, right. and she took a bunch of pictures of these buildings, uh, uh, glass five by seven negatives, and then when Nazis came into power, she was a leftist and she had to leave the country, and she left her negatives behind. Uh, cause she couldn't even go back to her house to get them. She had to like leave immediately cause they were after her. Right. And uh, then the negatives suddenly pop up years later in New York with uh, the uh, Gropius, who was the guy who was the, sort of found one of the founders of Bauhaus was using her images for a MoMA show and in books and all kinds of stuff. And she was like, uh, knock, knock, like letter. <laughs>
1: right, like, right, 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 right.
0: These are my negatives. And he's just like, Oh, well, uh, I find them so useful. So, uh, no, they're mine. She's like, what, yeah. what are you talking about? Oh,
1: holy Maholy.
0: Yeah. But there was one interesting thing that, uh, they said in there, which was that, you know, there's arguments over whether architectural photography is, 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 are the copyright is owed to the photographer or to the person who made the building, you know, is, is it just a representation as if I took a picture of a Picasso and a Picasso painting, and it's a flat thing that I just recreated in a photograph. They say that it's different because you could argue that, the photographer's making decisions on angles and lighting and, and framing and all that kind of stuff. So that the photograph is something more than the object that you're photographing where you're, when you're photographing a 2d thing, arguably it's not.
1: I, I will tell you this, uh, a couple years ago I was, uh, with Ibarian Next mm-hmm. from the candid frame, which is another great podcast. If you don't listen to it, go listen to it. Yep. And uh, I was helping him out on a DVD project that he did called Chasing the Light. And we were, we were in downtown LA in front of the palace. There's a, there's, a, there's a section of downtown LA that's got a bunch of old theaters on it. The Los Angeles Theater is there. The Orpheum's there. The palace is there. Uh, and the building manager from the palace came out and said that we could not film there because they owned copyright on the building
0: yep yeah
1: yeah and said that if we didn't you know leave. were you using wait you were using it for commercial purposes or just uh, it was a dvd right yeah
0: which to and me is just like this is a this is a building in the public space
1: yeah it was i, it, I mean you know i i just, i had we to left because sh- you know you don't want to get in well trouble, yeah but-
0: i i had to shoot some uh business students for i don't know UC Berkeley business school or something years ago. And I, I tried, I had to get permission to shoot cause we wanted to shoot down near wall street. And, uh, down there is one of the few places that it's easier just to get a permit because there's mm-hmm. so many cops mm-hmm. and things around. So I went to the office to get a permit and they, and they pull out a map and they go, all right, so where are you shooting? I was like, Oh, I was thinking about shooting here and, you know, having this back. Th-. And they said, well, if you do that, then the stock exchange building will be in the background. And I was like, well, yeah, maybe. And they're like, you can't do that. Like they'll, 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 they won't let you shoot there. I'm like, they won't let me shoot with that in the background blurred out. They're like, no. Why? Why? Because they own the copyright to the building. It's like the whole stupid thing with the, uh, with the Eiffel Tower, right? Right. Can't take pictures of the Eiffel Tower at night because the, the laser light show is owned
1: by so-and-so. Right, right, right. It's like, you know what? Didn't they try to do that with the bean in, in Mm. Chicago as well? I'm sure they did. Yeah. I just,
0: it's, I I feel like that's, it's, look, I understand that, that if I took a picture of the front of the New York stock exchange, and that is such a knowable building that somebody who was, who, and and I use that picture to, I don't know, sell my company. You know what I mean? Like I put a picture, we put a picture of you in front of the New York stock exchange and say the new, you know, investment firm of Sidoris and Wadman, Right. And the New York Stock Exchange is behind, dun. right? And <laughs> actually, we want to announce that
1: next. So just hold on a second. Right. Um, We're going public. Don't think we aren't.
0: Yeah, but but you know, I can understand that. Okay, well, you're imbuing that image of the two of us as something non-representational of what it is. You know what I mean? Like you're using. Yeah, when, okay. When when was that building built?
1: Oh God, I don't know. Nineteen twenty something. Yeah. Yeah. And and is the architect still alive? uh it was uh so it's owned by some corporation yeah it's probably owned by the new york stock exchange yep <sighs> it just feels i mean the whole thing around copyright just feels icky it's so not what it was intended for
0: well yes yeah yeah certainly this kind of thing definitely is i do know it's just it's It. it is really interesting and it it becomes really annoying but i could also understand this this poor woman her images are getting used all around the world without credit, without yeah. whatever. Yeah. And apparently in the end, she ends up winning the case, but you know, it's like a few years before she dies, so it doesn't do her any good. Hmm. Sometimes the world is really unfair. You ever notice that? It can be, sure. Yeah. but They, they should really stop telling kids that the world is fair, or, <laughs> or that we should try to be fair to you each other. You can be anything you want to be. Yeah. No. Well, the, the reality of life is that good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people. And, you know, nothing you can do about it. And on that high note, is that the reality (laughs) of life, Bill? It's uh, most of the time, yeah. All right, (laughs) fair enough. Uh, Anything else you got to go? Anything? Anything else you got? Anything else you got to go? What are you drinking? (laughs) Yeah, I'm only drinking uh, a big thing of energy vitamin water. I needed uh, what's it called today?
1: You get the dragon fruit. What do you got?
0: Uh I go I go for the tropical citrus energy one, the yellow one. If I drink it. I like it. the triple X. I uh, I like the triple X, uh especially because uh is Fiddy Cent owns the triple X, right? Is he the one that I think he sold his stake. I think I remember reading he his sold ten, his steak. his fifty million dollar stake. I just heard he's like he's he's he's, he's he's got no money. Is that true? He's got no money? I thought Fiddy Cent was uh was poor. He was flush as hell. I know how you like that right yeah let's see Uh, 50 cent bankrupt is Uh, he really nears bankruptcy end with a 23.4 million dollar payout plan yeah apparently his debt payment plan includes profits from sales of his Connecticut mansion huh yeah he's putting up 23.4 million dollars of his future earnings
1: toward yeah he's 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 he wasted all of his money what my gosh Gosh. some Some people i mean he had he had if not tens i mean if not hundreds at least tens of millions of dollars it is unbelievable to me the amount of money that some people
0: make and then lose
1: yeah you know what i mean yeah
0: oh it's unbelievable anyways very very sad um and he got shot nine times did he get shot nine times that's the thing right Needs needs a few more x's on that bottle i think
1: wow well i'm just saying wow. uh, i thought right.
0: i thought the three was for getting shot or something no what does the triple x mean i don't know it's a vin
1: diesel movie i thought i was gonna say this Vin diesel movie and he's coming back he's coming back for another one
0: <laughs> wait are the triple x movies oh he's some sort of uh uh stunt man right and he's then an he gets involved
1: guy yeah. yeah 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 sam jackson because sam jackson is in every movie oh
0: right and then bring, pulls him in as like the shadowy right a government
1: guy. Xander is, Cage. You need to name. do this. Working You're in the Xander zone. The Xander zone. That's what they said. <laughs> <laughs> it's so wrong. I like me some Vin Diesel. I love Vin Diesel. Also, trivia, Vin Diesel, the voice of the Iron Giant.
0: Uh, yes.
2: Mm. Hogarth. Oh,
0: Isn't yeah. he also the uh, voice of the tree in Guardians yeah, of the Galaxy? Groot.
1: Yeah. Groot. He's the voice of Groot. Yeah, see?
0: He, man, he, that. Gets, he seems like a nice guy, as does yeah. The Rock. Both of not them Not according seem like to nice The Rock, guys. yeah. they're, they're feuding. Oh, The Rock
1: says he's not a nice oh, guy? Oh, they're feuding, yeah. The Rock called him a candy ass.
0: <sighs> Do you think that they're doing that just because they're trying to build up for Fast 27?
1: <laughs> I don't know. Less fast and not so furious.
0: <laughs> yeah, without Paul Walker, man. Without the pretty boy. I don't know. Um... All
1: right, uh, we have digressed. Yeah, in, let's let's get back on track here. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Eddie Murphy, Paul Walker, <laughs> <the> fifty cent, <laughs> fifty cent.
0: What are we doing?
1: Uh, the uh, uh, profile assignment. Profile, profile. Uh, lots of interesting takes on it: literal, metaphorical. Yeah, well, um, that's what we wanted, right?
0: I like John Dubois' soul search, and it's the shoes.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, that's good, yeah. Uh, I like Davina Havanek. Uh, I like that silhouette in sort of silhouette in the in the library. That's nice. Yep. Um, Mitch, profile of the Washington Monument. Uh, I was in your stomping grounds for a couple of days, Jeffrey. Hey, thanks. Uh, thanks for the call, Mitch. Appreciate yep. that. Yeah.
0: Thanks. Okay. The, t- Todd's picture of the cow is pretty right. awesome. <laughs>
1: right.
0: Look at that cow. <laughs> He's cute. It's oh, a very with that cow.
1: moving photo. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> yeah. Please don't utter another word. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. It's better if I just holst in my tongue.
2: Oh. <laughs> oh
0: so wrong. I think we've reached the cow tipping point.
2: Oh. All right, so what else we got? Oh my god.
0: <laughs> uh we've got horses.
1: Oh, well, uh, Martin
0: Rotz's picture is really great with the with the you see that one half and half like vertical. Yep, slice. That's a new, that's a cool picture. I always like yep. that.
1: That works well. Yeah, he's 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 a he's he's a monster. He's putting up some really great stuff.
0: Uh, Tanya's picture with the green and the red. I mean Tanya. I, mean, I was going to say no, I
1: think it's pronounced Tanya. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, she, she's going to
0: come to your house. She is. You know, I've known women uh, named Tanya with an O. And Tanya with an A, but she's now telling me that it's with an A, but it's pronounced
1: Tanya. Right. So I'm it's like very Tucker. confusing. Like Tucker? Oh, Tanya like Ta- Tucker. Wait, yeah. wait. Or is that Tanya Tucker? Can ah,
0: talk about that? there we go.
1: Now I don't know. Uh, Bruce DeBolt, profile, street art in London, in the Shoreditch area. Somebody else sh- cool. shoots in Shoreditch. John Pendarvis, am I pronouncing that correctly? So these correctly? people need to get John. together and hang out? Uh, he, he did the uh, some bridge portraits, I think, in Shoreditch. Uh, I will find a link and mention it next week. I like uh, Craig
0: B's uh, profile of the gorilla. It yep. was shot in June. Look at that.
1: Craig Love B that. putting up the new work. Uh, Johan, that's a great shot. Alpine mirror, that's a great, not profile, but a, a terrific shot. Um, well, we do have a lot of profile shots. Uh, love that. Oh, love Carl. Carl's series. got
0: a nice little. Uh, you see the maternity shot Carl did yep. of the yeah, little silhouette.
1: Yeah, a little silhouette. All right, we got lots of good ones. Wow. Um, Cedric Middleborn. Tonight I will dream of Manderley. Apologies to the second Mrs. De Winter. I don't know that reference. Do you know that reference? I do not. Cedric, chime in. What is what is that that reference?
0: Apparently, it's uh, some movie. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know anything about it. Oh, it's an old school movie. Anyway, um, so what are we? uh, You all right with my suggestion for a topic this week?
1: Uh, what is your topic this week? My idea was found art. Found art, yeah, yeah. Now, what do you mean? Do you, do you have a clarification?
0: Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not. Are, are saying we
1: photographing anything. other people's photographs okay. and going all sort of uh, Daido Moriyama on it, or what, what, uh-huh. are you, what are you thinking?
0: I, I was, I was, uh, I was spending some time reading about Dada the other day, da, and just
1: da, da
2: da
0: da da da, and discussing in my own head the whole concept of found art and Duchamp and the Fountain and all that stuff. Okay. And then I was thinking found art is kind of an interesting thing. It's like it, it find something to photograph that, that is just isn't meant to be art and turn it into art.
1: Like, oh, I don't know. A dumpster, perhaps? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. I did uh, yeah. I thought you had a copyright on all dumpster photos.
1: <laughs> That's right. <sighs> That's, That's good. So found art. There's the assignment for the week. Right on. Found art. You
0: like that? Yep. I'm playing. uh, I'm playing a uh, ride cymbal right now. Are you? Yeah.
1: By the way, I was watching a ride off into the sunset.
0: I was watching a recent (laughs) recording of Rush playing Tom Sawyer. Yep. And it was just the camera entirely on Neil the whole time.
1: Yeah, he has a whole series of drum tutorials that are there are just camera shots of him playing, and there's yeah. that overhead shot, and then there are lots of detailed shots of him playing.
0: Yeah. You know, don't get me wrong. The dude can still play best drummer, one of the best drummers of all time, but he does seem like he's a little tired sometimes when he's playing now. Like, he's just well, like, he's, he's an older guy, yeah. Not only is, is he tired, but he's in pain. Yeah, yeah. He, it, and it almost shows, you know, you can yeah. almost see him, not cringing, but definitely...
1: Wincing on a a few of the longer or a a few of the harder hits
0: yeah and you know what he might consider getting a slightly smaller kit so he doesn't have to reach as far (laughs) i mean like i understand look i understand the need for the drums but like if you got rid of 20 or 30 percent of them you would still (laughs) thought you were gonna say
1: if you got rid of 20 or 30 drums (laughs) you'd
0: still be 20 or 30 drums wouldn't be 20 or 30 percent that would be 10 or 15 (laughs) percent um I feel like you stick a Neil on Ringo's kit and he could still do all that stuff.
1: So Well, he he did a whole tour uh playing Buddy Rich. And right, he was exactly. just on like a standard five piece kit. Right.
0: I feel like I feel like it, he should maybe slim down a little bit in his old age. You know what I'm saying?
1: Well, maybe he will.
0: Uh, I thought he's retired. Did they pull on another drummer or are they just done entirely? No, they're done. Okay. That's sad gonna have a moment of silence for neil pert and rush (laughs)
1: there we go um photographer of the week yeah you found you found this one this is this is a good one and and going to a photojournalist which is not something i mean we talk about photojournalism a fair bit but i don't know that we've had we haven't used that many yeah i'm sure somebody will correct me but i I don't think we've had too many yeah and so uh
0: nicole Tung T-U-N-G, who is actually one of the photographers they interview in the Conflict um, Netflix show that y'all have to watch for next week. Uh, And she is uh, known a lot for her uh, beautiful images uh, in Syria and Libya and the wars that are going on right now. In fact, in the documentary, she is in New York where she was living at the time and I actually sent her an email the other day and said, "Hey, if you're in New York, you know, at all, we should get together. I'd love to have you come sit in my corner." And she wrote me back yesterday, and she's just like, "Oh, she's just like, I'm living in Turkey right now, uh, uh you know, working and and doing this that and the other thing." And I even gave up my apartment in New York, but uh, let's stay in touch and whatever. So we'll have to see if uh, someday I'll get to meet her. But um, she uh, both speaks very eloquently about her work. And what she's trying to accomplish and the experiences she's had, which I won't get into because it's better to hear her talk about them on the show. Uh, right. But her, her work is absolutely lovely. Um, and just, I mean, God, I mean, both the with the war zones and the, the Syrian refugee crisis. Right, right. I, man, these people who put themselves in harm's way to get these
1: images, I I still, it's like, I don't. I wonder I, I what is I don't know more- how they do it what is more difficult emotionally finding the human side of conflict and war okay or or being more like a Don McCullen where you're knee deep in it showing the horror of it
0: which is harder
1: yeah I wonder like which more is more difficult? sort of emotionally just I, harder to be present for
0: you know what it's it's, uh, it's a it's good question I I think that the the there's two sides to it. The I think the actual war, the 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 emotional pain is in the emptiness of of death, right? Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. fact that all these people are dying and for what? Sort of this right. sort of no point kind of nihilistic view, right, of the whole thing. I could imagine. Well, it, it,
1: yes, but, and then, but, but but that's a that's a no point is is very much a Western outsider perspective because for the people in it, fighting on both sides there's very much a point Uh, no absolutely i I
0: guess i I guess what i'm saying is you know all these people are dying and nothing's getting settled and it's just like this it's just this constant war of attrition kind of thing you know that that Mm -hmm. sort of sadness i think in i think on the on the side of say the refugees there's this living sadness versus death sadness you know where these people are suffering in real time because they're still alive you see what i'm saying yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I think that they're two completely different things. One of which is probably far more empty and bottomless pit, and the other one, which is day to day poking you. You know, both of them are bad. Uh, mm-hmm. just, you know, choose your poison. I again, I don't know how anybody does it, but her her work is absolutely lovely, and um, she's been doing it for a, a long time now. Um, and uh, man, if yeah, you, go, some, through, if you go through, if you through some gorgeous work. Oh God, it's 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 just. It's nuts. I don't know how. I mean, she was in, uh, you know, doing the child soldiers in the Congo um, or, you know, what's the the, the trying to recover child mm-hmm. soldiers. Uh, man, talk about a whole thing that's just wrong, man. Whew. Um, yeah, she, she's, she gets around and she speaks of it very. Um, the reasons why she does things and what she's trying to accomplish are, are very moving to me. Um, so anyway, Nicole Tong, go, uh, take a look at her work. It is uh very excellent and follow her on Twitter and whatnot. And, uh, there, and, and then go watch uh conflict. And there's a, there's an article, also an article, uh, like a four minute thing on, uh, NPR where she, uh, she discusses, uh, her friend, James Foley, who, who died. Right. Um, and, uh, it's, it's very moving and very upsetting, uh, but, uh, kind of important. And, uh, Links into what I want to talk about next week, or the topic okay. I've kind of come up with. So, uh, um,
1: and not for nothing, her site, Squarespace. Yep, Squarespace, friend of the
0: show. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, yeah, yeah man, bo- this stuff is is.
0: <laughs> yeah, born in 1986. She She's out? 30 years old.
1: Ugh. Does she have any books out?
0: Uh, you know what? that's a good question. Uh, I do not know. I mean, she oh, has. She
1: spoke at the Annenberg Space last last year. She did in LA. Yes. Yep. She's a heavy. Oh, she did one of the Irish nights. Ah, that's a great space. Yeah, huh. they wanted to. Let's see, if, I bet that's on, that might be online. They typically record those.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Well, let's
0: see. Yeah. Uh, yeah, look at that. Uh, on is the is web, it on there? No, it's just uh, linking to the website. Cold tongue.
1: I would imagine it's there.
0: You mean that it exists somewhere?
1: Yeah, that it's up. Uh, Nicole Tongue. Ah,
0: video. Here we go. Uh, yep. Uh, hold on a second. I'm clicking. Yep, there is video. So I'll put a link in this show note too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a um, good space. Okay. Very good. Uh, you got anything else? I think I'm good. Uh, and, mind if and we do need... a
0: slightly short one today?
1: yeah no you need to get out 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 the door yeah I gotta so. edit and get it out the door
0: so uh, we will uh, we will see you next week for uh, uh,
1: podcast at ontakingpictures.com. yep reach Bill at Bill Wadman reach me at Jeffrey Sidoris. Yep. uh on the Twitters and the Instagrams and uh, be good to each other uh, go out and have some fun
0: and leave a voicemail 347-687-9411
1: we love getting voicemails yeah we do um, yeah, and we will uh, we'll see you next week have a good one yep have a great week everyone going on and on the way we are.